to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. This is Scott, your host. And in this episode, I'm talking with Brad Holdhusen and David Strickland of the Fathers Club. This club has grown over the last two years and has been an incredible uh, impact on the community, its youth, and the dads. And I am really excited for you to listen in on this conversation. We talk about um, having a mission of passion and the mentorship and learning intentionality and being a, a father and a community member who is bettering the community with resources and activities. This is a great one, folks. Hey, David. Hey, Brad. How are you guys doing today? Good, Scott. How you doing? Yeah, great. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm really excited. So um, we're... we're uh, as Brotherhood of Fatherhood, we're really happy to talk to uh, other organizations that are promoting great things. So I'm, I'm really excited to kind of dig into this and uh, get to know what you guys are doing and why you're doing it. So um, first of all, why don't one of you just go ahead and start? You might have to arm wrestle, but one of you go ahead and start and just give <laughs> us like an overview of what the Fathers Club is. Sure. I'll, I'll dive in on this one, David. I um, uh, appreciate, again, like David said, appreciate you having us on, on your podcast, Scott. Um, very excited to be here. Very honored to be here. Um, but the Fathers Club, um, we started back in uh, August of 2018. And myself and Vince Stevens, our other co-founder, um, long story short, we were at a, a school function and he grabbed my arm and we got to talking. <clears throat> um, just about a vision around getting some parents in the community together that quickly fast forwarded into a conversation with our principal at our local high school here in Overland Park, Kansas. Um, and that conversation uh, largely was focused around the fact that um, we are, we're losing kids, uh, not just to suicide, but to anxiety to, uh, you know, the most difficult challenging piece is the suicide piece but all of the things that lead up to that, the anxiety, the depression, um, the, the, the lack of feeling accepted, um, a lot of different things. And so we, we described to our principal as, hey, we just want you to have a sense and a feeling that we as dads have our arms locked around you, your administration, this school, these kids. And it was initially out of the gate all about that our high school, at least that's what we thought initially. Um, then fast forward, and I'm, I'm skipping a lot of details, but to, for the overview, fast forward to uh, we cast a net to about seven guys, uh, six guys. There were seven of us on my back deck, which we thought would be, maybe be an hour-long meeting to flush out what this might look like. Um, we ended, sitting, ended up sitting there for four hours, um, all dads from our high school. And then fast forward even more, this quickly grew and extrapolated from what we initially dubbed as our weight room meeting to kind of cast a vision to a bunch of other dads. We quickly came to the realization, we want this to be dad specific, leadership specific in, um, in our high schools, mainly because the moms, our wives, uh, the, 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 the moms in our school have completely kicked our tails um, for many years and being great volunteers and pressing into the needs of the school the needs of the community. So this was an opportunity to bring a different flavor to that with a lot of attention, intentionality aligned with our principal and our administration. Quickly grew to other schools. David, um, you can speak from your perspective. You'll, you'll articulate much better than I just did. But um, 
Southwest, the other school that David's a part of and a dad at, um, quickly joined on second. And now we're at eight, about to be nine, maybe 10 chapters in our Kansas City metro area. A lot more we'll get into in the call, but that's kind of the impetus and the vision. Um, David, what else would you add to that, that that I forgot? Well, I think you did a great job summing it up. However, I would just add that, um, you know, it's a, it's a mission of passion. People, uh, when they hear our story, they want to they join in and they want to be a part of it. There are certain things out there. When you just hear it for the first time, you know it's the right thing, and then you jump on board. And then we see a lot of momentum with those feelings, uh, especially with what we're going through in the world right now, just the pressures and everything that are on kids and dads and our communities. Um, they're finding a, we're finding a lot of, uh, of passion out there to help and to contribute, and and, it, and it obviously it's showing by how quickly we're growing as an organization. Yeah, I think that was one of the first things that came to my mind when Brad started explaining this, and I had I had talked to him previous was the fact that you guys kind of put this together, and this is not a knock on men. I mean, men are very busy; they're working. They're you know they're sometimes the provider for the home, the sole provider for the home. You know, they're trying to wear all these different hats to get fathers uh, involved and consistently backing something um, like this is quite a feat. I mean, I I have to tell you, that was the first thing I was, I was thinking when I was talking to Brad is like, what, what is it that drove this to be able to grow well beyond Brad, your initial quick vision, right? You had this, this little vision and then it grew really fast. It sounds like, and you, you pretty much said that as a mission of passion. Do you feel like it's that passion that, that like, what is the element that has brought so many other men to just like come right beside you and then for this thing to grow? Well, it's, there's no doubt we've got, our board is made up of 10 passionate um, men, um, much of which is the large amount of fuel behind kind of uh, keeping this running and going. But beyond the passion, beyond our passion, you have what I've kind of called this tissue paper wall that a lot of men put up. I know I've done it. Um, I'll continue to do it. It's kind of this ebb and flow. And the wall looks a lot like this. You know, I'm paying bills. I'm traveling for business. I'm here to be a provider and take care of my family and protect them and so on and so forth. And sometimes that wall can also be an emotional wall um, where you have, you have, um, you know, whether it's lack of transparency, lack of uh, going below the surface, I call it, you know, kind of a, a bar stool mentality. Um, I can sit at a bar, watch a game, have a beer with a dad, um, but we're not facing each other and we're not diving into topics and details that we would like to hopefully try to do in the father's club. Um, my kid's dealing with this or my kid's dealing with that or my marriage is dealing with this or Um, My work is dealing with this. And so those topics allow us to go a little below the surface. And as soon as you pop that tissue paper wall, a lot of men, some it takes more, some it takes less, but will bust through that wall and say, wow, this is refreshing. Um, I had no idea other dads were dealing with these things. So it's that coupled with if we make things stupid easy, for guys to get involved, whether whether they're whether they're out outgoing, whether they're introverted, we try to make pathways and onboarding or on ramps um, for a lot of different avenues and ways dads can easily get involved, and that's another I think thing that has pushed this along. Yeah, yeah. So David, like um, when you first saw this, what was it that you saw? What was it the the hook for you? 
Well, for me, it was, uh, I saw a group of dads that um, were truly committed to serving kids, dads and other, in the community. And I saw it as a way for me personally to be mentored. Uh, so I came about it, you know, we have three lanes in our mission statement and uh, we talk about how our dads need to be intentional with kids, with other dads and, and in the community. And we're going to approach that with our with humility, resolve and love. And uh, we really want to be just this catalyst for positive change. And I saw that and that's what really drew me to it was this, like, who are these guys and what are they doing? Because whatever they're doing, I want to be a part of it because you could see the impact um, from their behaviors in the community, just the positive and the, the big smiles. And, you know, we do these things called biscuit days, chicken biscuit days, where we go out to the school and we greet kids out at the curb with a, with a fresh, hot Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit, and we give them high fives and give them big smiles. And you could see the impact that was having on their day. And I was like, I don't know what these guys are doing, but I want to learn from them and I want to be a part of it. I think that's uh, I, I, <laughs> you hit a, you both have hit a string uh, a chord with me uh, some things that I'm extremely passionate about um, the breaking down of the barriers that men kind of falsely carry around and it, it you know I'm, I'm making a little bit of a, a stretch here but I'm thinking that um, Brad's ability and vision to look at the um, the the what who you really are as a man and being a leader in that will draw other people in. I love the mentor thing that you got involved because you you saw this picture, you saw what you wanted to be and you wanted to be around these men and do what they were doing. Um, and then the other one is intentionality. Like, you know, uh, Brad, you mentioned that men go to work and they're doing all these things. And and oftentimes I think we we walk through life kind of like a zombie. We're, we're doing our work, we're going hunting, we're doing this and we almost forget that we are raising the next generation. We are we are um, solely responsible for for being the guides, not solely, but we're a big part of the responsibility of being guides of the of the upcoming youth. And um, I just I just absolutely love your vision. So, why did you start with the connection with school? Was I think you kind of explained that, but was your vision from day one? I want to be a part of the schools. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was because that's the current of what's going on. And I mean, our, one of our main initial focuses was uh, not just dads in the dad lane, but the kids. And how do we, you know, I've got four children. I've got a, um, three boys, 19, uh, 17, and 16. And then I've got a daughter who's 13 currently. And we've done a lot of intentionality with a smaller group of men. Um, and our boys in, a, in an annual canoe trip and some things that have been extremely meaningful to my kids and to my buddies' boys. Um, and we just wanted to expound on that. But we also wanted to try to, you know, as dads, a lot of times, I, this analogy I've thought of recently, the NASCAR analogy of if, if an accident happens on a track and you're a NASCAR driver, you're taught to drive straight into the, the, the impetus or the core of the wreck, because if they crash and go apart, that's the safest place to go. So as dads, we tend to hopefully um, look for those opportunities where, my goodness, there's chaos, there's craziness going on. Let's go right into it and let's try to fix the core of it. We're fixers um, by nature. So 
when, when it came to, do we start with kids? Do we start with where's the best place to do that? Well, our, we got amazing leadership at our school and our principals. So we knew locking arms with him and with all the teachers and the administration would allow us to get a different angle into our kids' lives. Um, and in just the presence, one of our board members um, talks about when he walks into his basement, you know, if there's a bunch of kids over and his, his son's having a, a good time with a bunch of buddies downstairs, guys and girls, if dad walks down the stairs, there's a different vibe and feel. And uh, not necessarily good, bad, or indifferent. It's just different. Yep. So we had a kid at our first, David talked about our chicken biscuit mornings. And this, I think, drives home a big part of why kids, why school. We've got 50 dads-ish surrounding the school, all the entrances. Kids are flooding in. We're handing out, throwing, tossing chicken biscuits, high five. And this is before the whole COVID stuff. Um, we're chest bumping, having fun, right? We have yep. zero agenda other than to get these kids to smile look up from their phones, get a big grin on their face, have a good feeling in the morning. One, one young lady, a dad overheard her say, man, I wish, I wish my dad was here this morning. This is so cool. Now you can take and extrapolate that story by a hundred in the last two years. That's, it's not normal. And when these kids see and feel that, it just gives a sense of a different feel to their morning and their day um, in that one example, that one story. <clears throat> Yeah, that was my next question is, you know, um, like, what, what impact are you having? <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I get it. Um, but, you know, I was just thinking, so challenge, like, what is the impact of throwing hot chicken sandwiches at kids in on the entrance of the high school, you know, doors? But I think you just pretty much laid that out. <laughs> Well, and as far as impact, David, you um, maybe you can give and share some stories about on the mental health first aid side and um, some of the other things that we've tried to be intentional around where you bridge the gap between a group of men and dads and kids and what they're dealing with in, the, in their culture and in the schools and the hallways and social media and how we're trying to bridge that gap and be aware of some of the issues they're having. Yeah, I can talk on that for a second for sure. We One of the, the, the great benefits of being a part of Father's Club is the opportunities uh, to serve. Now, some of those are minor, you know, smaller things, 30 seconds. You can just make a quick phone call to check in on somebody. Some of those are more involved where you can maybe head up a committee or maybe go do a works project at a school where you can spend time maybe cleaning the grounds or doing a special project at Southwest. We, we built a bonfire pit. Um, or there's a ways you can actually even get certifications. We, they've done a great job hooking uh, hundreds of dads up with a mental health first aid training. And it's an actual course. You go there all day long and you take a test and everything and you come out certified to do mental health first aid in, in the, with teens and youth and other dads. Uh, one of the things you learn in that program is that um, our kids uh, face a lot of pressures these days that they really don't have the toolbox to deal with. And as you walk through the schools and, and you are intentional and you start up conversations, say, during their lunch times, what we call timber time or tiger time at, at Blue Valley High School, um, you just, you're, you're non-assuming that you have a, a bit of trust because they know, hey, that's the father's club. Those are the chicken and biscuit guys or the guys that hang out and make sure that we're okay and kind of protect us. And as you're walking through, you start up conversations and 
and you can identify pretty quickly those kids that might be a little struggling and you can sit down and have a quick conversation with them and just, uh, you know, make sure that they know that, hey, you're not in this alone. You've got people that are here to support you. And whatever that path looks like, whatever that uh, looks like to you, we're willing to walk it with you. And if we can get you some help or if you just need to vent, hey, we're here to listen. And uh, it's got an amazing impact. You, you reach kids who... Um, you know how it is. You walk through schools and, you know, just walk through a park and you're going to see kids buried in their phone and they tend to shy away from that social social interaction. But when you do this, they open up and all of a sudden they have value, they have worth. And one of the things that we like to say a lot at Father's Club is right here, right now, you matter. And uh, and we, we see that in their faces. We have cases where We've actually talked to kids and uh, we've had fathers who have talked to kids who were contemplating suicide and we're able to bring them and get them some help with counselors and, uh, and move them away from that decision. And uh, it's pretty powerful when you see it happen. Just one. I mean, if you had a group of 100 men and one kid's kid was, you know, you avoided one suicide or attempted suicide or one horrific event, you've had a massive impact. Now... Um, I have a question because you, you guys probably are, I'm guessing very involved in your kids' lives. You know, you have a, you're kind of, you're leading in the way of how fathers should lead in, in their, in your own kids' lives. So you're, you're in tune as much as you can be with, with them. When you go to a campus, you can, you can assume or, or postulate that at least, um, at least 50 of the 50% of those kids don't have involved fathers. They may be home, but they may not be attentive and they're not being intentional about being a, a father. How do you bridge that gap when you know, when you go into a cafeteria, let's say, and you know a bunch of kids and they know you because of the relationship with your kids or, you know, that, that whole tie, how do you branch outside of that initial grouping? That's going to be very easy to interact with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one, one that reminds me of one painful story. One of the first times we were out in front of the school and we were handing out some information about what the father's club was and a single mom to which we didn't know was a single mom at the time, drove through the line, dropped her child off. And, uh, one of the dads handed her the information and offered her a chicken biscuit. She looked at it. She handed it back to him, said, that's, that's not for us. He, his father's either non-existent, not involved in his life. Um, and to the contrary. Now, what I would tell you is we could have 20 podcasts on how many times I've screwed up with my boys and my daughter, or I've screwed up within the four walls of my home, or I've blown my top or my temper is bad or you name it. Those are sadly more numerous when, when I've like, wow, I did that one went well, that one went right. So The first and foremost thing, and I've said this to other dads, is we don't have it all figured out. We are just a bunch of dudes trying to figure out how best we can lead our kids, our families, our communities, our school communities, partner with our principals and our administrators to just try to turn the notch one, two, three percent through the gear we're trying to create and spin. We're also not the only gear out there that's doing it well, right? So I want to make sure there's a lot of great community efforts that are happening um, that we try to partner with. So we don't have it all figured out. We are far from perfect. And that goes for every guy on our board and every guy involved in the father's club. That said, 
if I had the opportunity in a broken way to go into the school hallways and pass out candy for random eighties music trivia, like I've done before. <laughs> I'd love and that. I can, uh, yeah. Right. And I best decade of music ever. And right. I can communicate with a kid in the hallway and I can get him and this has happened. And I know David and a hundred other dads in our father's club that will have stories like this. I can get him off his phone from the video game he's playing and the headphones he has in dialed into his world. And nobody's talking to him or paying attention to him yet. I can engage with them for two minutes. That might be two minutes where, Oh my gosh, this, this guy, this other dad just breathed some life into me, um, interacted with me, looked me in the eyes. And so that's, that may sound really small and not like a big deal, but you multiply that by 640 some dads that are currently in our database. If they're pressing in and intentional, those teeny little deposits within our community in the hallways of our schools and neighborhoods, that's where you get a tapestry starting to come together that feels and looks different. So it has to be a grassroots thing. It cannot be some, let's get behind a podium and create some big program and boom, voila, we're going to magic wand affect the world and affect our community. It's got to be grassroots efforts of dads picking up shovels over here, over there, and just digging in and getting after it. Yeah, I was... I you know, people follow others who are taking action. You know, it's the, it's the action, not the talk, not the word. And mm -hmm. I, I'm, I was kind of uh, uh, alluding to the fact that you don't have to have it all figured out and just little things make a big difference. Um, David, what's been the most impactful thing you've done on, you guys are at different campuses. So what, what kind of the things do you have that have happened that you know you left that day like this 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 is good what what did you start with like there's people listening and they're like wow this is awesome we don't have anything like this at our school and i kind of want to dig a little bit more into that because there's sure. a lot of a lot of things here that we have to attempt to discuss or break down but what did, how did you start i mean you got some guys together you talked for four hours well like now what <laughs> yeah is it for brad either one you go ahead david Oh, no, I I'm sorry. I out. think I you couldn't hear me. I was on mute. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, well, I, I'll, I'll give a quick answer to that, and then, David, maybe you can tell the story. I don't know if you heard Scott's prior question, but um, what did we start with? We, <laughs> we started with, I hope and like to think from a, post, a posture of humility, meaning we don't have it figured out. Let's not try to boil the ocean, as one of our board members would say, um, and let's just take one step in front of the other, and let's let um, let's not programatize if that's even a word, which I don't think it is how we want to do and set this all up. Cause we're all, most of us on that starting blocks, businessmen, entrepreneurial minded, a type personalities. So we had to quell that and say, let, this isn't something that we, that we do a chart on and then we go deploy. This is something where we listen, we shut our mouths and we let the principal of the school and the teachers Tell us, guys, this is really where we need you right now. This is where you could press in. So it was a lot of asking um, and partnering with, with those that are in the school and listening to what they needed. Because as close to my kids as I am and think I am and believe I am, as much as I love them, a coach, a teacher, a principal might be able to give me insight into their lives and what's going on in those school walls that might surprise me if I'm really honest and look at and listen to what's going on. So we really listened and acted and moved into places where our principal plugged us in. That's, that's 
really good advice for anybody that's trying to start something that's tied in with an, a community that's already in place is, is going in with, you know, full throttle. I know what I'm doing uh, is probably going to set up more barriers than open doors, especially in a school, like a public school. And, um, and there's systems and there's processes in place and there's already committees and there's other groups. And, and so that was really wise. Um, so David, I was curious, like what, do you have any stories of where you felt like you really made an impact? Yeah, I can help uh, that. I want to also touch a little bit on the, what you were talking about before with, um, you know, you know, people that make up a high school kids, some kids have fathers that are incredible fathers. Some kids have fathers that are on the road a lot. They love them, but they don't see them very much. Like you had said before, and some kids don't have fathers. I was one of the kids who didn't have a father mm. growing up in single parent home pretty poor and we really struggled our whole life and the impact that was made to me was through coaches and and teachers and person and you know and principals in my life and really looked up to coaches they really took some time to get involved and with me and one of the most powerful things that I can remember when I was 14 and freshman in high school was a coach uh, who had had a relationship with came up and gave me a hug and at first I was like, what are you doing? And then second, I was like, I could, my whole body just relaxed and I started crying. I just had no idea uh, how much I needed a hug as a kid. I just had, it just was so uncommon for me. I had no idea. That was a pretty powerful moment for me. And the reason I'm involved in father's club is, you know, nowadays they don't want you hugging kids, of course, but we just have being there and giving them a mental hug to being available as a resource for them to say, you know what, I believe in you. I, I'm here to help support you in however form that you need it in uh, and, and, and guide you down that path and, and just be a mentor to you in, in some small way why I'm here. Well, that was really powerful for me to see that at Father's Club, and, and that's what really attracted me and have, why I've dedicated so much time. And every time I'm around these guys, it's like, you know what, I didn't have a father to model for me growing up you guys are modeling for me how I could be as a father one day. And, and I love that. I'm not a perfect dad. Nobody is, but you, we pick up things all the time in our, in our conversations and our board meetings. And we're out working with people that really have a lot of impact. Uh, one of the gentlemen on our board, Tom Herzog, gentleman's brilliant. Um, he has a really simple technique of having conversations with the kids that I have seen has an amazing impact. And I use it even at work now, even with my, my, my team members. And that is, uh, we, I asked three questions. And it, oh, man. We lost him. Uh -oh. Right. We lost him right at the point of delivery. Oh. Strickland, <laughs> if you can still hear us, man, don't lose that thought. Oh, what are those out, three points? What a cliffhanger. <laughs> I couldn't have designed this better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to share the most important thing I've ever learned, and that is <laughs> click. <laughs> oh, we lost. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, while well, he's he's disconnected, so hopefully he gets back on. But uh, man, what a cliffhanger! So back to chapter two. After a few discussion points, um, Brad, we now have there are a lot of schools that really don't allow. Yeah parents in the school and and yeah. I, I live in a in a district that literally i mean it you have you better have a pretty stinking good reason to come in and it's yeah. now with covid they're not letting anybody in but yeah. even prior how did you i mean i know you have an amazing relationship with the with the 
principal at your school and probably have built that within that district, I'm assuming. So yeah. for someone like me thinking, well, how in the world could I even do this when the school doesn't yeah. let me inside those doors? Yeah. You know, um, something that you said just triggered something to me and it's answering your question, but it's also something I'm super passionate about right now. So consequently, um, I'm just going to say it the way it is. The uh, Vince Stevens, the other co-founder and I, um, if you were to put a T-chart up in uh, Vince on one side and Brad on the other and go down the line from everything, every topic you can think of um, in the world that, that are faux pas to talk about, that skin color, politics, um, uh, social, all sorts of things. We are different in all of the above, most all of the above. We've got some key things that we're very common in. But what the world would love to do is take he and I, put us on the stage and say, okay, how can we, how can we battle and fight about this right now, right? Everything mm -hmm. is chaos. Everything is fighting. Everybody's, you know, and, and the beauty of having two, two men that are on opposite ends of the spectrum in a lot of places and he and I take a bullet for the guy. He is a dear, dear, dear brother and friend of mine. Um, will be for a lifetime. I know that. So that set that aside for a second. Come back to school districts, teachers. You kids can't be or parents can't be in the schools. You can't hug kids and all these different things nowadays, right? The bottom line, when you weed through all that, at the bottom core, I think those of us that are parents would not argue with the fact that. It is different nowadays. It's hard for kids to communicate. Another board member of ours, Darren Wolf, says, you know, it's the most connected group or, or, or uh, demographic kids nowadays, yet the most disconnected yep. because they feel like they're so connected with friends and so on, right? So you got the, and then again, back to the screens, the anxiety, the depression that's ramped up. So nobody, a teacher, uh, a superintendent, a coach, uh, somebody in, involved at the district level, a parent, you name the role, will likely argue with the fact that we've got to do things different to try to help these kids. The statistics show the truth, and what we're doing is beating our head against the wall in a lot of places that aren't causing change. So your question, I think, basically was, how did you get started if you're not allowed in the school? Well, you have to have somebody that is, is eager to take action and promote change in a community or a group of people. To go to the table, let's, let's scrap the deck, let's sit at the table and let's talk through and figure out without my agenda, without your agenda, let's put our agendas aside and let's focus on our kids and our community. What parts are broken and what does that look like to fix or breathe into or press into those parts of our community, our schools, our kids in this particular area? And, that, and we're, we're starting to dip our toe into some things around the urban side right now. I won't, I won't dive into tons of details there that's going to look different. So we have to meet with leaders in the urban core if and when that continues, we continue to pull that thread to see what that looks like. Down in Texas, where you're at, if they don't let you in the schools, with COVID right now, nobody's allowed in the schools. Well, how do we go to the drawing table and figure out, because the anxiety isn't going away, the depression's high. not going away. This yeah. Exactly. It's rampant. Um, the suicide, sadly, is not going away. So we've got an issue. If anything, it's getting worse. Well, we got to be creative. And here's what I'd say. How about we exemplify for our kids what I think is majority of the world stage of society has done horrifically bad. And I don't care what side of the equation you're on. 
The horrifically bad part is everything is a battle. Everything is my agenda. Let me push my agenda and tell you why you need to change your agenda or believe in my agenda. BS, pull it, pull it all away. Let's, let's focus on how can we come together and, and, and solve and bring solutions to, in our case, these kids in our community. So it's going to look different in every area, in every part of the country um, than, than it might look in Overland Park, Kansas for us. And I think, I think that's a, that's the key is like one, remove your excuses because there, there's a solution that you can work around it. Like COVID, who cares? Different, differing um, views on politics or whatever, or how schools should function or if they should be letting you in and if you should be meeting with mass, it all doesn't matter. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's solution-based rather than problem-focused. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that is the ticket. Now with that, because <laughs> you just brought us some great fire and then David was bringing the fire and he's about <laughs> to tell us the three things and he's back on. So Dave, David, we just had that, that, that cliffhanger. And if you remember it, I'm hoping you can finish out what you were saying. I'm not sure where I cut off. Is like, I have a way you cut to off, you said there's three, you, you cut off and you said there's three questions or three things oh, and yeah. then it, you went dark. <laughs> okay, so yeah, let me go over the three questions because they are really powerful and they will have a lot of impact in, in your personal life, your business life, and you know, especially with your kids and your community. Is one the first question is to ask is, what do you need more from me? Again, what do you need more from me? The next one, of course, is what do you need less from me? And then finally, what am I not doing that I could be doing? And um, very easy way to start off the conversation. Again, you have to have no ego when you ask these questions. You have to be able to listen. I mean, I mean that. You got to shut up and listen and not argue and just hear the answers that come out of that. At first, there's going to be a little bit of trepidation on your, with your, your relationships in your life. Like, okay, how honest does he want me to be? And, but you know what? As soon as those floodgates open, it leads to some amazing conversations that will have fruitful impacts uh with the people in, in your life it's it's awesome well i want to i want to i want to slow down and sit in that for a minute so you see said what do you need more from me yep. what do you need less for me and then what was the third question what am i not doing that i could be doing oh, man. so i just like if every husband stopped and looked his wife in the eye or his partner or whatever and just asked those questions and was quiet can you imagine the impact that would make the positive impact that would make on families if every dad stopped and asked that to their kids with open ears and zero judgment can you imagine the impact that would have on their kids that those are incredible i don't know where you learn those but those uh, again are from tom herzog uh, he's on sits on our board he's guys in brilliant and uh, uh very smart guy and that's one of the again that's one of the reasons that i'm i love father's club is it's we do work with kids every day we work in our community but we're also around other dads that maybe have that one thing figured out and that when we hear it we know it's truth and and we gotta we gotta use it and i i use that all the time now and I, again i use it in my my business and it's had a lot of impact for me yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I literally am going to ask my, my 16 year old, which when they get to a certain age, they start to create, get this, um, independence. Right. And it's like, Oh dad, I don't, I only need you when I'm ready for you or, you know, <laughs> you guys know. Um, 
but I can imagine how empowering those questions can be when asked with true uh, humility. To you know, I'm like thinking of what my son might say, things that I may have not even even considered. And same with my wife. I think those are incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, what what is what have been some of the most impactful um, interactions you've had with kids, David, at the schools or at any of your events? So I think you know we. I personally had an interaction with a um, a younger woman who. Um, in my office who uh, happened to be and she was really unsure of herself and you know she came into my office one day and she just started crying and I went through that the mental health first aid checklist list with her and asked her a couple of exploring questions well how are you feeling what's what's going on the pressures in your life and you know, how can I help you what can I do for you and uh, as we started going that, that conversation it led to you know bolder and bolder questions and it ended up in a discussion where I asked her, I said, are, are you thinking about killing yourself? And she looked at me and she said, yes, I am. And I could not, one, I couldn't believe that, that she was telling me this. The second, I was like, okay, I know exactly what to do because I just went through mental health first aid. So I started talking with her a little bit more and I said, you know, have you made a plan? And uh, she said, what do you mean? I said, have you planned out how you're going to kill yourself? And she's like, yeah, of course. And I said, okay. I said, listen, I'm, I'm really concerned. I, I care about you as a person. I care about you, um, you know, as a human. I'm really concerned that you're going to do this, and I, and I want to help you. So let's make a call together. Let's make a call. And I said, no matter what happens from this point forward, you know, we're in it together. Uh, I'm going to walk the path with you, but I want to make sure that you get to somebody that can help you. And uh, we made that call right there in my office. She crying, of course, and we called the um, suicide hotline and talked through that person with her. And then she was able to get some help. She moved on from our company uh, and uh, it was probably good for her because she needed to, to, to change her surroundings as a part of her therapy. And she, is thriving and she just uh, literally visited me last week and just thanked me again and then talked about her you know she's going to school to be a paramedic and uh, I thought wow that's awesome and for me um, you never know what situation you're going to be in I you know often you know pray that says hey good lord just whatever, whatever you put me in just make sure that I'm I'm set up to handle it and and in the situation I was, uh, and it, it, it's one of those moments I take away that I'll cherish probably forever because just from attending a class, you you get the you get the the toolbox to to work through this kind of situation. So yeah, I think I think that's something that left me um, like uh, I wanted to find out more when when I talked to Brad for the first time because like right away, he's like, Hey, here's the next thing we're doing and invited me to the virtual get together or summit or whatever you wanted to call it. Paul summit, yeah. uh, I think it was a couple of weeks. Yeah. A couple of weekends ago. Um, and I'm, I'm told my wife, I'm like, Hey, Sunday night, I'm going to be calling in and listening. And, um, I was like, this isn't just like a rah, rah dad's club thing. Like that. I got that really quick. Once there was one, it started out with very clear leadership and vision, and then it led into an expert talking about 
really big topics, really heavy, incredibly important topics. And now hearing that story, you guys are literally preparing fathers mm -hmm. to handle things that happen in life. And I think it's, it's incredibly impactful. Um, what are your growth goals? I mean, you, you said you're at seven different campuses now. Yeah, we've uh, eight, eight currently, um, which spans across three different school districts within our area. Okay. Um, about to dive into uh, the, the, the ninth. And this might be a good time to describe. And we don't, you know, it's funny you say that. One of the thoughts I had earlier during one of when David was answering a question was, it's hard to, when you're not a widget company where you have a clear goal of we want to make a thousand widgets in this calendar year, right? That's not, that's not how we work. If our goal, if our desire is to grow and, and infiltrate in a different way in a community so that, um, I'll give you one simple example so that if I'm at, uh, we were talking playoff football before we started the recording here, <clears throat> we're in the middle of that right now, um, all over the country. If I'm sitting on one side, in fact, this happened with David and I, um, sons competing schools. Uh, they came to our school. It was, which is that it's, uh, we, we had a competing football game and I went over to their side. Cause I'm like, man, I got to go find David. He was doing photography for their team. And I went up behind him and I whacked him on the fanny and um, he kind of turned around. He's like, Oh my gosh, I thought you were my wife. I would have, uh, you know, and then we talked and we chatted a little bit, uh, gave him a big bear hug and I went over to the other side. Um, and I've done that with multiple dads and I know other dads have done that with other dads at other schools. So as something as dumb and simple and goofy as that, if, if his kid sees me do that or my kids see, see us do that, wow, my dad's interacting with another dad from the other school. Whereas I know in Texas football can be a deal where, man, that is, you don't talk to the opposing team. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but the reality is that's so surface in the reality of life. Right. Right. What has depth and meaning is when you see two dads connected, grabbing arms, giving each other a bear hug that are from opposing schools, as weird as this sounds and maybe a little kludgy, that's impacting community when that's happening on massive levels all across these eight different schools. So, so that's impact. That's growth. Um, if we didn't bring on another chapter per se for the next 12 months, I couldn't really care less because I hope is our roots are growing deeper in the communities and the schools that we're in. So we don't necessarily have some stated goal. We hope to have this many chapters and we hope to grow to other states um, because the reality is if that's meant to happen, it's going to happen. And we're going to, we're not going to do pulling leadership. We're going to do push leadership. Whatever's happening in front of us, we're going to be good, methodical, thoughtful wind in the sails of what's happening in front of us versus try to get out in front and pull everybody our direction. And we're going to grow and we're going to do it this way. Right. If that makes sense. So if somebody hears this podcast says, well, gosh, this, this resonates with me, then here's how the growth happens. Here's how a chapter starts in any given community. You've got to have, you've got to have at least a core group for sure. One or two leaders that are willing to grab the baton and own it and make sure that the right people are gathered for a steering community within a school, the right group of dads. Ideally, across all four grades, freshman through senior, um, and that have decent networks of friendships. Um, it does not have to be uh, just the hunters, just the football dads, just the church dads, just the whatever, fill in the blank on the, the societal group. It doesn't have to be that. In fact, it's better if it's not that, 
and you've got a dad from every societal group coming together to form a tapestry of what's going to impact that school. So as that steering committee and that leadership committee within the school starts and for sure reach out to us, we got Randy Bratton, who's an absolute stud of a man. One of my favorite humans on this earth is our growth leader. And someday if you meet him, you'll know why. Um, he's just infectious in every way and everything he does. And he's the guy in charge of telling the story on the front end to the principal, the superintendent, and the core leadership at a school. So if somebody's listening to this, reach out to Randy Bratton, um, fathersclub.org. It's randy.bratton at fathersclub.org is his email, B-R-A-T-T-O-N. Um, and, and he'll get you some more information. But it has to be grassroots. It cannot be programmatic. It has to be a group of dads that says, I want this. We want this in our community. And I'm going to make it happen. And then teaming up with principal, school district, and so on, which can be challenging. Yeah. Um, it's, hard, it's hard in this day and age to do that. But we can walk through how we did that in our community and see if it resonates with other communities. You, you led you. You uh, you answered my question before it was coming out. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's exactly where I was going because I can imagine that you know um, other dads are going to hear this and and kind of catch a vision. I mean, I can't imagine that they wouldn't. But one thing I have heard from both of you is that you highly respect the other men that lead with you, and it it seems to me like the the reason this thing is doing so well is because from the top it seems like it's extremely high quality and you have a variety of of skills coming to the table but it's um you know the the mission of passion i think that david said earlier on is it's a mission of passion and that um is is something that other people catch so it's really really exciting um why so are you, are you guys comfortable? And I'm putting you on the spot right here because you invited me to join in on a on a virtual summit, and yeah. I live in Texas, and I got I got a ton out of it. I talked with my wife about it. Um, it kind of put my head in a different like like I now I have like different goggles on. I'm looking right because of the things I've learned. Um, is that is that a vision? Like you guys are okay with that? I mean, are you making are you using that like let's make lemonade out of lemons? We're not allowed to get in person, so we can open it up and let anybody who wants to learn from this. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a cre it's a creative piece. Go ahead, David. You're the marketing guy. No, yeah, you got the best I, mind out of all of us in this. No, I think that it's uh, that's exactly what our intention is: is that we want to bring our mission to people, no matter how we can get it to them. Like I said earlier in the, in, in the conversation, people, when they hear what we're doing and how we're going about it, it sounds true to them. They want to be a part of it. So that means we have to have a virtual call or if we have to have a phone call or we have to, you know, text and tweet and Instagram it. Well, we're going to do that. Yeah, I mean, you're... Uh your marketing or your email. I mean, I got e follow-up emails on the summit and how to still listen to it. And then I got another thing today, which I'm looking for. I can't find it, but it was, you're having another event on um, the social this Sunday. This Sunday. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Which is a big topic and an extremely important one. Yeah. And that, that in a, in a, in a quick description, that's an example of our community lane. That's teaming up with an already existing gear and cycle that's running, it's lubed, it's beautiful, it's doing awesome things, and it's called Start. Stand up and rethink technology. 
Mm. Um, I hope I'm getting this right. I should know this. Uh, it might be start, start.org. Is that right, David? Do you know? Yes, it is. Yep. Okay. okay. And, and this is, this is largely a, a mom led effort. Um, the two co-founders are moms. We've met with them. Just amazing women that have vision around how do we rethink screens and technology instead of trying to take them away from our kids. The reality is it's part of our world and our culture. So they've created a beautiful organization and some amazing education around that. They have helped host this social dilemma um, film, which is I've heard, I've not seen it, but I'm excited to watch this Sunday night. We're co-hosting a screening of it through the father's club in tandem with start. Um, and I don't know if that's something you can post on your, on your Twitter page or whatever, if you want to come to our um, fathersclub.org website or Twitter page or Instagram, we're going to have it on all the social media sites. Uh, but that's, that's one little example of, providing some resources, teaming up with an existing organization instead of redefining or rethinking, uh, re, re, recreating the wheel, so to speak. Yeah, I love that. You know, my wife and I um, don't subscribe to Netflix is where it's at and everyone's talking about it. We're like, how can we see this? I mean, we could pay for it for a month or whatever, but we can, follow that, <laughs> yeah. we can follow that link and watch it for free. Yeah, I love yep. that. So definitely going to share it. I mean, free resources for for parents that are are designed to improve things within your community. I mean, there's 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 a lot of power to that. So I I uh, I think that's incredible that you guys are using what Jocko Willock would say. You know, um, so COVID happened. Well, good, and you guys are <laughs> making good out of it. You're like, okay, so we couldn't yeah. have our summit in person, which stinks. I mean, you, you know, you miss that social interaction, but let's involve a bunch more people. Let's spread this out. And I think that that's incredible. So people can find you at fathersclub.org. That's correct. Mm -hmm. And, correct. Um, and all, the, all the contact information is there. For any fathers who are listening to this and thinking, you know what, I got a fire lit under my butt. We can do this where I'm at. Um, and, and maybe that's more than you guys want, but you, you know, it, something good is bound to grow. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that you guys would like to share with the audience? I mean, I, I just, first of all, I'd love to, I'd like to say I uh, highly appreciate what you guys are doing, especially as a past educator and as a guy who's obviously very passionate about families I mean, mm -hmm. and, and men being leaders in their home and in their communities. It's our number one mission mm -hmm. at Brotherhood of Fatherhood and you guys are bringing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, uh, David, why don't you go first, brother? Okay, yeah, I'll let you let finalize. Yeah. I would just challenge people, you know, as a dad, we we tend to get focused on providing, like Brad said at the very beginning, I'm going to bring it full circle. I would just challenge people to take a moment, uh, put the laptop down, and just put aside just 15, 20 minutes that you can just get involved. That's all it takes, 15, 20 minutes a week, on a, a week or a weekend or just find the time um, to put all the distractions aside and say, you know what, I'm going to lean in and I'm going to be intentional with my kids' friends or the kids. Maybe that's taking a group of your kids' uh, friends to lunch and just having a conversation. How are we doing? How are you guys doing through this COVID thing? How are you feeling? You staying on top of things and, and, you know, and just be that resource for them. And I would tell you, it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to have the perfect words to say, just being there uh is a huge part of it and they're going to tell your integrity just by you leaning in and, and, and making them feel important by by being involved 
Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. It's really good. Well said. I, um, the, the, one of the main things is I'm sitting here thinking through what we've talked about that I want to make sure we leave with. This was another uh, Herzogism. Um, sometimes you can better explain who you are when you explain who you are not. What I mean by that is I don't want somebody to watch this podcast or be a part of any of our events and walk away wondering, gosh, are these guys, it looks, it looks like they're this or they're about this or they're not about this. Let me tell you what we're not. We are not, um, we're a nonprofit, we're, 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 we are a, um, we're a non, uh, we're not affiliated with the church. We, we've got um, strong leadership of men that are very much involved in their churches. We've got men, I guarantee that, that are atheists in our group. We've got all religions, we've got all colors, we've got all sects. Could we, um, uh, sects of life, S-E-C-T-S. Um, so what I want, what I want people to hear is we are not like beat our chest. We are men, hear us roar. We're dads. We're going to right. Um, don't walk away from this as a single mom, um, or as somebody that is, is trying to find their way in their society or in their community and say, ah, this isn't for me because of X. If you love kids, have kids, are around kids, are a grandparent, any of the above, then this is, this is for you. This is for you to press into and, and get resources from and get involved in. Um, so we are passionate about changing community and being a catalyst for change. Um, one of our board members, one of the most quiet yet smartest, most humble, our director of operations, Jeff Johnson, says, why on our mission statement do we just stop? We want to be catalysts. We want to be catalysts of change around the world, not just in our communities. We've got dads that travel overseas and all over the place. Why not integrate these conversations with what we're doing in business, with what we're doing with family, with what we're doing with kids as friends? So, um, so I just, I guess, just the thought of thinking big, um, and and putting aside have a you mentality versus a me mentality. Meaning, put aside your agendas, put aside your affiliations. How do we make our communities better? Go deeper within our relationships, within our schools, and with our kids. That's really what we're trying to accomplish, which is a big thing and looks different in a lot of places. But we're up for the challenge and excited um, to see what that's going to look like. It's been fun the last two years. I can't wait to see what the next 20 years looks like. Yeah, I'm incredibly impressed by what you guys have done. And, you know, just in this hour, we've had stories, you know, David having no father growing up, really, and and now really stepping up. I mean... a lot of a lot of guys will say, "Well, I didn't have a father, so I, I really don't know what to do," and use it as a, an excuse instead of as a propellant. And it's really, really great to see models come together and or models, men come together and be models to their community. When adversity is the the, or or you know we're adversaries or we're in different companies, we're at different schools where that's really the norm. Come together and give each other a big hug and show that you know. The, the purpose goes past those boundaries. And, um, and so I'm, I'm just really uh, honored that you guys reached out because I, I love what you're doing and I, I commend you and I'm, I'm really excited to um, be a part of it some way. I really am. And mm-hmm. I'm really, I'm really um, honored to have been able to talk with you guys. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, brother. Well, thank you. Thank you for 
your podcast and the things you do for dads. And we're, we're honored to be a part of it with you too. Yeah, that's awesome. And what, what we'll do on our end is um, for the listeners, the contact information will be in the show notes. You definitely want to check out uh, fathersclub.org. If I got that right. And uh, it's pretty simple. (laughs) That's a pretty simple one. Um, And, and, and have some conversations with other men, share this podcast with other men so that they can hear what um, this group has to offer. And maybe you guys can uh, put your arms together, uh, kind of like your guys' logo. It's connecting arms, right? Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. Join arms and um, build something strong in your community. You yeah, guys man. have an amazing weekend. Thank you so much. Thank you, Scott. Thank Appreciate you. everything, buddy. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. And if you enjoyed this, you know the drill. Uh, Subscribe. Subscribe to YouTube channel. Just subscribe to the podcast itself. Leave us a five-star review. Of course, five-star review. And um, leave us a review if you'd like. We'd love that. Give uh, Give us some feedback. If you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can reach out to me, Scott at brotherhoodfatherhood.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all over the place. If you would like to uh, check out our coaching program, the Brotherhood of Fatherhood site, brotherhoodfatherhood.com, should get you that information, but you're really going to just want to um, schedule a call. Schedule a call with myself or Josh. So reach out to us, Scott at brotherhoodfatherhood.com, Josh, brotherhoodfatherhood.com, or check out the show notes. We have a connection there. And uh, we'll talk to you about how you, as a man, can have more sex with your wife and be nagged less. It's a super simple equation, and we have the answers for it, believe it or not. So I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Peace.